You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Most of the time, people in the States don't say it right. <laughs> oh, most people in the States don't say your last name right? No, no, they don't. It's everywhere else in the world that they get it right. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, I spent my whole life correcting people. <laughs> well, Joe Robins, okay? I'm yes. going to be the first person in America here to wish you that congratulatory, well, I guess, pr proper pronunciation of your name. So where exactly yeah. are you from, man? Idaho. <laughs> You're from... You're from America. What do you mean? Most people in America don't get that right. They never, dude. I grew up in the state. I spent uh, how long was I in the states? I was there till I was like 22, whatever. And then, yeah, I spent my whole life Robins, Rubens. Uh, no one got it right. And then, Did anybody ever call you Robians? Uh, no, that uh, nobody really went for it. You know, like with like a, a surname, when people don't know how to say something, right? They just kind of uh, like with no confidence say it. It's like real half-assed, right? So like, I think I spent most of my early life with people half-assing my surname. Um, and that was kind of it. But then when I moved to Australia, everybody was just getting it straight away. And then you, dude, you just got it. So that was crazy. I was like, wow. I do this thing. Like I work with uh, Russian people, Bulgarian people. Um, they come down for the summer at my hotel and they uh, just come for like a student visa type thing. I make sure I get the proper pronunciation of their names. Like if their name is Christo, I make sure I say it correctly. I'm like, you better fucking correct me until I say it right. Because everyone just gives them pet names. Like, oh, that's Chris. I'm like, his name is Christo. Call him Christo. Yeah. I mean, like you got to get people's names right. I think it's important. Well, it's like if someone called you like, instead of calling you Joe, they called you like Ja. You're like, that's not my fucking name. I'm not going to respond to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But I mean, there are people in the world that will let that ride. Yeah. As well. I don't, I don't want to cause any attention. I don't, I don't, yeah, don't want to make a big deal out of you just calling me the wrong shit. Like, <laughs> it's freaking, crazy, man. It's like, yeah, they're going to keep calling you the wrong shit. The next thing you know, you get married to them. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, did you know my name's not Crystal? It's actually Jessica. It's like, why the fuck <laughs> you let me call you Crystal for 10 years? <laughs> exactly, man. Shit. You got you to tell people what's up. So, Joe, what do you do professionally, man? I, well, I guess what is professionalism? I professionally sit in a room with developers building internet platforms, big applications, things like that. Twitter. So uh, currently working in insurance, building insurance, um, you know, transactional platforms. So like how to build an insurance policy really quickly in the cloud, um, sell that shit and get it back out to the person. So I work more in the non-traditional space. So I look at like how to make something for say the gig economy you know, people that have a very specific niche. So like if it was us, let's say for instance, you were going out on the road as a podcaster or whatever, and you need some form of like indemnity and some sort of uh, specific insurance for your microphones, um, you know, you might uh, work with a company that just wants to do just that. They just want to build insurance for podcasters, but they don't want to go to a big insurer that goes, oh, well, that's just home and contents in this way. And it's going to cost you a shitload of money. We would go, all right, well, how do we just strip that back into what it really needs to be? And then make something really small and lightweight that's, uh, you know, you know, I guess affordable for the people that want a product uh, or service that's insured like that. Would a good example of that be like uh, the band app? Um, there was like a band for music or is an app for musicians where it would put you like to local gigs in your area that are looking for new talent and like specific things. And they would also uh, advertise like certain equipment that would help you on the road and stuff, especially when you're traveling, you like book hotels near you and stuff. It was basically everything if you're just on tour on the road and you're just starting out. Yeah, I think, it would, well, that's a, the, the perfect platform that would be ripe to just have us plug into the side of it, right? So like what they would be doing, especially if they're doing like an equipment hire, we would then go, all right, well, how do we put some form of insurance for the, that, that, those, you know, that hardware, those assets? So if there was any damage, the person who was renting it could just pay five bucks, have it covered and not worry about it. And everybody's all, you know, happy because, you know, we, we understand that shit can go down. Let's just make sure everything's covered. You know, I mean, I, I oversimplify to a certain degree. I mean, there's a lot of risk involved in insurance. And to be honest, it's a bunch of fucking suits in a room that like do numbers and it's just boring as shit. But I think the point being that my job is to disrupt that part of it and provide products that are beneficial to people that need a specific type of, you know, uh, assurance instead of insurance, right? Traditional insurance really is kind of like a big gambit, right? Of like, 
coverage and, and making sure that, you know, people have a level of security, but in reality, what it is, is like, it's just this giant outlay of cash for the potential fault or thing that may happen, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, issues involved with that because you may or may not understand your insurance at all that you have been paying for. And when push comes to shove to make a claim, shit goes down and you may not be covered. Right. And that's like the common case that most people run into because they don't really know why they bought it because it's an apathetic purchase. But you want that safety net. You want that safety net there. Like it's the same reason why parents try and give you like a, a, a kid, their kid, at least a plan B in their head to make sure if plan A doesn't go well, they still have a plan B or maybe a plan C. Yeah, and I agree. And I, and I think that, that, that in, in many scenarios, traditional thinking would say that getting a level of insurance would do that. But if you don't know what you're covered for, and you don't understand the 100-page document you just purchased, um, you may not be able to get what you want when something goes down, right? Because you failed to do something correctly. So what I, what, what I believe insurance is and why I do what I'm doing is because it strips the 100-page document down to a couple of pages, and then you can easily understand that this specific thing is covered for these specific scenarios. You bought it, and we're good to go. Right? It makes someone like an idiot like myself be able to understand insurance because it's there's like a lot. It's basically a lot of complicated loopholes. I've talked to so many insurance agents, so many people that are like lawyers uh, that deal with like auto insurance and all these types of things, and they said the most thing is trying to help them navigate their policy because they honestly don't even know what they signed up for, which is how they get you in marketing. First of all, like when you're advertising, you're an insurance agent, you're sitting there like, "Well, oh, you're going to need this, you're going to need this." You're just going to tell them what they need, and they just sit there and sign the paper because they don't fully understand what they're even buying into. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think that's an analogy for everything we do these days, right? We just sign at the dotted line. We have no idea what we're getting into. Oh, so I know when I buy two boxes of Raisin Bran that I'm probably going to have either a massive shit or not a shit at all because too much brand or too less. It's it, Everything is like you have to do it just right. And if you go a little bit over, you messed up. And if you go a little bit under, you undershot it. And I'm like, yeah. where's the perfect medium for everything? Yeah. Yeah, there's. I don't think that there is a perfect medium, but that's that's the uh, the gambit we all uh, are been dropped into, right? We got to navigate this uh, this maze, right? And it's crazy because it's all of us here trying to navigate it together. It's not mm. just like you trying to navigate all the other things. It's that's the way we think now. But no, we we lost the concept of it's all of us here on this earth together, moving around one another. I mean, we're so knitly packed together like a pack of sardines like it, it just it blows my mind that people are like oh i don't even know my neighbor it's like you, you don't know your neighbor well why don't you get the chance to know them because they might be a serial killer or something like you have no clue but people are too yeah. afraid to go out and have conversations anymore because they think oh uh, that person's just going to be angry that person's going to be upset that person's just going to cause energy on me he doesn't care about my day i'm like mm. what are you doing you're, you're you're worrying about the the complete useless shit yeah, I mean, well, that's mindset, right? And so like all the shit that's going on in your head really predicates an outcome. You know, all these biases people drag around nowadays and like you think about why people are less likely, like what, in the 50s, everybody knew each other, right? In the, in the 1920s, you knew your neighbors and your neighbors were like 50, you know, 60, 80, 80 miles away, right? But you still knew who they were. You know that Bob down, down in this other part of town was, you know, the guy that did the thing, right? Whereas now you got people that live right next to you. You don't know them because you built a, a, a series of biases and ideas in your mind about how everything works. You got that like sort of mass overload of shit coming down your phone at you and over the internet. So all of a sudden your context for, you know, creating a conversation, is very weird and, you know, sort of odd. You don't want to do it because you believe that, you know, I don't need to because I already have a great assessment of the situation or whatever the fuck's going on in your head, right? And so oftentimes I find most people just don't even talk because they think they already know or because, you know, they don't have the guts to just even have that sort of first pass conversation. Well, right? I don't even think it's, it's not even, we're just on autopilot. We're giving default yeah. answers to things. We're not even actually listening to people anymore. You know, half the time people are just more up in their own head. They're not really down listening and connected to the mm. people in front of them. So like you say, Hey, how's your day going? The person starts saying about their day and you're like, all right, cool. It's good talking to you. You know, I, I, hope, I hope it stays going good. And the person's like, I just told you I lost my dad. I lost my mom and all in a tragic fire. My son just died. And you just told yeah. me to, I keep having a good day. Like what's wrong with you? Yeah. You're not even listening anymore. Just the whole yeah. concept of like, it, like this goes into what your kind of your podcast is about. Now you have this yeah. podcast. So explain that a little bit to me. 
Yeah. So I got a theory that, um, well, well, look, I'm a bit of an old, I'm an old guy. So like I'm, I'm in my forties and I've been around a long time. I got a, you know, I got a, uh, an odd sort of upbringing of, you know, dysfunction and, um, you know, all that dysfunction is defined who I am as a person. And the thing that I've noticed is a common, uh, you know, thing in both myself and, and the people that are inside of my inner circle are, you know, we all have an inner monologue, that self-talk engine, right. And that thing just runs daily on the daily. Right. And you know, you are your mind or that person inside your head is the warden to your own sort of prison. And like, you know, you're either up, you're down, you're flat, whatever. And you know, you'd be a hugely positive person. That's really awesome. You could have some negatives, whatever we, but, but that mental health and that regulator that's your inner, inner monologue runs that thing. And you know, if you want to evolve as a person, normally that shit you're tripping up on, you have to fess up to. And if you, it's very hard to fess up to yourself because your denial engine is very clever of like continuing to push you forward on, no, no, I can just keep doing that. No, I can just keep going this way. Or no, you're saying to yourself in your mind, I shouldn't be doing this, but you'll, you know, kind of trick yourself into continuing that bad cycle or whatever. So my theory is, and, and, and what I've seen done many times now with other people that I know in my circle is, is that when you fess up and actually admit that you have that shit's going on in your head, you become accountable for it. And you've got someone that can hold you to account. And you now, because you've admitted it, no longer have this hiding place, which is your own mind, to continue that sort of potential negative or downward cycle habit. So if you're tripping on shit, you've got to kind of get it out, man. You got to get it out in the open so that you can, you can move past it. I've talked about this heavily in my podcast. The fact yeah, that now we just gloss over problems and we just shove them under the carpet instead of actually dealing with them. We turn to social media as our source of connectivity with people. When we make a Facebook post, an Instagram post, something bitching about our day or complaining about something, mm -hmm. oh, I ate at this restaurant, it was terrible. Then it gets mm -hmm. five likes. That's what I call fake connectivity. Because on the concept yeah. of that like is going to keep on expanding on the concept of now it took five likes for you to feel that disconnect from your problems. Then mm -hmm. next time it's going to take six. Next time it's going to take seven. The time after that's going to be eight. Sooner or later it's going to be at a hundred to the point where when your Facebook post or something only gets four likes when it was getting 20, you get upset, even more upset. Yeah. This yeah. is the same concept of people – like how many times do you get a friend request on Facebook and you don't even know the person you just accept it just because you accept it? Oh, I, well, I don't accept them. So that's my, like, I don't accept people that well, I don't the know. The average people, yeah. they, they accept you know, them. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, I get, but I, to the, to your point, I do get random, like just like network requests. So somebody I know, uh, you know, that knows this person may just add a bunch of people. And I'm like, why the fuck would you add me? You don't even know me. Well, I would even want you in my, my, my circle here, even exposing anything that I do in a social context anymore. But I, like, I'm hugely socially cynical now. Um, you know, and, um, you know, like, I, I don't know, I, I don't really believe that where, like, so I, I guess in a sense, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. I don't believe that the curated perfect view of the world that comes down the internet is the place where I want to base my life, right? I don't want to, I don't want to live in a world where that's the first place I start my day. I'd rather use my mind and my own ability to process what's happening around me and take shit in to then create the context that I want to live in, right? Now, some of that stuff might spill in as a way to contrast, but it's not like my point of reference starts with, you know, the fucking Kardashians in the world that they're living, right? Like, I, I just did not give a shit about that stuff. Well, we're, I, I we're looking up... Same thing with the Kardashians, but looking up to heroes, but these people aren't heroes, they're people, okay? Yeah, Back in the day, you know, where the times were kind of a little bit better, people had a little bit more structure to their life, they used to have role models such as superheroes, your parents yeah. were role models, the hardworking average day people, but now you see yeah. a celebrity that makes a movie, starts putting up a bunch of makeup and making a clothing line, you start to try and role model yourself off that person, and you you might not, you're not, you're probably not that person. Um, mm. it, it creates a type of conflict too when tmz or someplace highlights the worst part of that celebrity and you think oh my god i can't believe i love this person you start ripping up all your boy band posters take justin bieber off your wall whatever you have to do and yeah. you gotta understand they're people they are hmm. people they make mistakes we that's the best part about people is that the fact that we can come together in our deep deep core to all care about one another but we make mistakes and we're making yeah. a mistake right now by not being connected with the mm. social media and the fake connectivity. That conversation you have where you're bitching about your problems on Facebook or something, 
you'll get a better stimulus if you actually talk to someone you care about and actually understands you like a best friend or a mother mm. or a father when you talk yeah. to them you you that it's like a hug for your soul you you see that the person actually yeah. has caringness in their eyes mm. and i mm. i tell people like because I, I do a lot of podcasts a day, and I'm like, I remember every person that's been on and every ep- episode that's still left to up- upload. It's because mm. I care about the conversation. I want to be able to sit down for at least an hour and be able to talk. I've had people try and come on for 20 minutes and hop right off. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Because I want to act like if we just bumped into the street and we just start shooting the shit. If you want to mm. bring up something, go full on ahead. And it seems yes, like everybody focuses on social media being the biggest problem right now because it's making false lives it's living it's making people it's like imposter syndrome like where you think like everyone around you is fake it's because everyone is around you is fake they're Mm. showing the best aspects of their life and they never want to show the hardships and now you see it nowadays it's getting super super hard for people to stay in a happy mood it feels like Next time, every time I walk into checkout or something, the woman goes like, oh, okay, is this everything? I'm like, yeah, how's your day going? And they go, oh, don't even get me started about my fucking day. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I'm buckled in now. I'm on a train with no brakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, that the people, I I don't know. The the thing about it is I don't know that humans um, have, have been opposed to telling, you know, others that things are bad. Um, as such, but I think now we live in a world where you're you're right in that we now have the curation telling us that everything's peachy on the other side of the fence for so many others that it makes me feel like my life is shit. So that when it actually comes down to judging my day, you know, I'm on I'm on a knife's edge. I'm ready to explode on a constant basis. I've had a few people pop a bit in front of me, and you know, and I've actually you know I made it more my thing to say, hey, look, are you all right? <laughs> you okay? you know, and just derail it because, you know, I'm all, I'm, it's all well and good that you have a bad day. You know, it's like, you know, I got, I got two kids and, you know, I'm always saying to them, it's okay to be pissed off. I'm fine with that. Let's be pissed. Let's be frustrated, but how are we going to move past it? Right. Because you have to cycle past that whole thing. And, you know, so my, you know, that, that is kind of like what the podcast is about. Let's get some shit on the table. Let's articulate these issues so that we can grow past this stuff and learn how to move quickly because, you know, life isn't a fucking cakewalk, right? It doesn't matter where you're at. Well, you know, there's a be lot hard. of noise. It's got to be hard, man. If it was easy, then what the fuck would we be doing? Hey, Bruce right? Lee has the best quote possible. You know, God gave you this life because you're the only one that could basically, like God gave you this uh, road to walk because you're the only one that can walk it. So like basically your problems aren't going to fit for me. My problems aren't going to fit for you. We're fit for our own problems. We learn how to deal with them and overcome them. Someone in my position might not be able to handle them. Someone, yeah. if I was put in someone else's position, I probably wouldn't be able to handle their shit. That's right. That's right. And you got to be paying attention because if you're not paying attention to what's going on around you and you're not, you know, checking in on, okay, this is shit. Great. What am I supposed to be learning from this situation so that I can overcome it and move forward? Then what are you doing? You're just literally a robot. You're just as part of the, what I think is the, the zombie apocalypse because like we watch all these zombie movies and we talk about all this apocalypse, but this shit is here now. You know, people are walking around like zombies on a regular basis. Nobody gives a shit. They're just mindlessly shuffling and looking at their phone when the store exactly. and you're just like, what are you doing? You got fucking signs up to tell people not to walk out into the street. You have to remind the humans that they're going to die because they're not paying attention. When did that happen? You know, it's funny is we totally gloss over the word jaywalking. You know why that was invented? No, why? They called jaywalking meant you were a fucking idiot back in the day because oh, if you right, got okay. hit by a car, those things went 10 miles an hour. And if you got hit by a car, you really like, you're just an idiot. So people would randomly walk out on the street. So basically if you got hit by a car, they were like, he's a fucking jaywalker. He's a dumbass like that. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, someone's like, oh, he was jaywalking. He got killed. I'm like, okay, yeah. so it's still kind of there, but now we just softened it up to make it seem like it's just a petty thing. I'm like, no, it's supposed to call you out on your dumb shit. You're not supposed to be sitting there looking at your phone and then walking across. Like I've, I experience it every time I go to the grocery store, I'm driving and I'm going right in front of the store and someone just walks out without looking at all. And I'm like, whoa, and I wow. hit my brakes. Like, what are you doing? And they just look at me like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you just ran right out in front of me. I could have killed you and your kid. Yeah, no. And it's insane to me that we are now in a society where we are 
you know, I have to be aware of other people because they, not because they're there, but because they're doing things that are stupider than, you know, than the normal, right? It's like, I have this, I've got multiple theories. One, um, survival of the fittest, right? If lions and tigers and bears roam the streets, right? It's like that sort of Louis CK joke. But the point is, if that was, if, if we didn't, if we weren't, if we didn't dominate the apex predators, we'd be fucked right? We would not survive if we had to roam the world with, with other apex predators. We'd be down. So the point is, is like now we're the, the top of the food chain. The only reason we're there is because we have bigger brains and we can problem solve and all that sort of shit. So then fundamentally now we have like placated out into this, okay, well, we don't even have to do shit anymore. There's no natural predators for us. We're just pro, you know, procreating and growing at an ever-increasing rate. And now we've got these dumb boxes. And now I have to then watch people just like I have to mind my way through a sidewalk and just get walked into, you know, people don't even look at you anymore. You just like, I just literally have to slalom race the human traffic. Right. And it's just like walking around in a zombie apocalypse. Like it's just insanity to me that we now have a society that's gone so far downhill that you don't even have common courtesy anymore. There's zero of that in a majority of situations. Well, we, when we use common courtesy, it's more like don't gender you know, don't gender appropriate that person. Don't do this types of things. You know, that, that, that type is, is like super sensitivity a little bit. Like I believe, you know, you should be whatever gender you feel you are, but don't flip it back and forth. You know, don't be one minute, you're bill one minute, you're Jessica. That doesn't make any sense. The problem is we became too comfortable when things started getting super easy to live. Um, besides the everyday problems we experience, like after work, you go home, you go to bed. That's basically it. You just sit at home. You don't go anywhere. You don't really go out anymore. I mean, I don't even hang out with my friends that much anymore. It's more like I just Snapchat them every now and again because it's been easier to connect now. Back in the day when you were a kid, you were always outside on the concept of you had a bike. You had to go to your buddy's house. There was no texting. There was no phone calls. There was, you know, you had a landline. If anything, you didn't want to talk to someone's dad when they answered first. Like, is Bill there? No, no, no. Yeah, you no, wanted yeah. you wanted to go over to his house. You guys would experience the world. And now kids are like, oh, I just got my Xbox hooked up. I could just talk to my buddy on there. That is okay. I do believe that is an escape because we're all looking for an escape from this reality we're living. Sadly, it's not a fun one. Uh, we, yeah. we choose to block out any negative influences because we already experience it so much on a daily basis. Someone puts up something like, Hey, just got my diploma. Next thing you know, the, 10 people unfollow them. Sorry. I, I can't have that. I can't have, that's a negative influence in my life. It's like, what, because you're not, you're not doing what that person took the time to do. Mm-hmm. Like you can be doing things with your life. You can be going forward if you want, but yourself is holding you back. You know, yeah. that's why people are deep into meditation because they look for that one thing inside of them that they're trying to fix and they find out it's the one thing that they're completely glossing over, not thinking that's the actual problem. Yeah. 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 And so that's another aspect, right? Mindfulness is huge meditation, like, you know, reflection, looking at things and, and understanding them at a deeper level. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. That's a massive deal. And I think we, we, we don't make those connections anymore um, because it's easy, as you said. And I agree that it's very easy to, you know, digitally fill that void, right? The brain is a tricky motherfucker because like completion syndromes, you know, it's, it's nasty, right? You could be, you know, like, it's like they, they've, did, they've got that concept of like in sports and in certain scenarios where it's high pressure, you know, you don't say to that goalie, Hey, you know, let's get this shut out. Right. Or, um, Oh, you, you know, we've almost won the game or we look like we've won it. Right. Teams that bail out early because they're like, Oh, we've won it. We've got it because the brain will naturally chemically complete and then you will shut down and the rest of your body will end up not putting that pressure on you to complete out right to the very last minute. So you've got to hold out. Right. And so like you got a big project, you've got these deadlines, you've got all this sort of stuff. You might blow it at the last minute because you're like, oh, I've done it. I've got it. I've learned it. And then boom, you'll go in, do the test. You fail because you thought you had it because your brain said, you said to your brain, oh, I'm going to let myself off the hook. Get the completion syndrome kicked in early, you know? And so this, the way at which now all these, you know, sort of things chemically kick on you um, are very different, right? And the dependency syndrome, the um, sort of fulfillment syndrome that happens as a result of technology now, whilst is interesting, and I mean, fuck, I make a living doing tech, but, you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, within control, it's, it's a good thing, right? With moderation, it's all okay. But when it's a replacement, it's not okay, right? You can't replace your life and the things you should be doing in your life with technology. Um, that is a slippery slope, right? Because it's not I'm guessing, this- I'm guessing you have a fascination with psychology. 
Well, yeah, I guess so. But like, I've just always been more brain oriented, right? Because I've been deep inside of that side of my, I my own a, self. I have a fascination with the human mind. Um, where did you yeah. kind of discover this from? Like, where did you find it in yourself? Um, well, I was, I was very young. Um, and it probably has more to do with the fact that, you know, I, I've always been a mature person in a room or, or a mature adult version of, you know, a child or whatever. So I've always been part of a, a bigger, more mature conversation where listening was key. Um, understanding, you know, the, the situations were key and, um, you know, and I guess going back to the dysfunction that I had as, you know, a younger person, you know, when I was in my, I don't know how old I was, I could be preteens, like whatever, um, the bouncing I had, you know, with family and, you know, and parents, you know, you kind of had to, you know, self understand why things were shit or whatever and get, you know, weave your way out of those things. So that kind of left me in this position where I needed to learn very quickly about how to survive the sort of the, the landscape that was in front of me, which was, you know, how do I, how do I make decisions that help me move forward? Right. And, and my brain was the place whereby I did that and how I was able to work with other people became a big deal because then all of a sudden it wasn't about taking advantage. It was about how do I then uh, work with others and understand how they work with me in order to move forward. And so when I was young, I just started to really realize that, you know, <laughs> what I can do and articulate and when to articulate and when to understand, like, you know, kind of hear and understand others was very important to moving through life. So, you know, the sort of sociology of the world, the psychology of the world, the way at which you can manifest um, sort of, I guess, a reality, um, you know, through execution and understanding how things work was, you know, just something that came kind of naturally at a younger age. You know, I, I've always been in a position where I kind of got why people do what they do. You know, it, it just always makes sense why they made that choice. Yeah, there's you know. always a reason behind it, such as like environmental factors or something that deals in psychology, like someone growing up, you know, maybe a hard life. That's probably why they're a pissed yeah. off person. Or it also can yeah. go in that complete opposite angle where someone grows up in a hard life and becomes a really good person and they learn yeah. from those things. It all mm -hmm. takes what, what influences us through our lifetime. You know, children are like Play-Doh. Their minds are like Play-Doh. Like they're learning mm -hmm. and constantly being molded into something. If you do good things to it, that kid has a high possibility of becoming a good person becoming you know yeah. that's, that's why it's easier for kids to learn foreign languages at a young age like they can learn multiple languages and my cousins i mean by the time he was like five learned three languages like french spanish yeah. and then new yeah. english and i'm sitting here like i don't How even know how old is he now he's now eight. Oh right so you can still hold on to that i'll be curious if you hold on to it i've i've i've, I've heard of this before where um, you know, kids do, kids, they do, they, they can just take it all in and they can make sense of it all. And it's, it's, it's fucking amazing. Um, but at the same time as it, it, when they get older, um, and there's a point at which in their lives, they kind of drop it all and they, they'll lose it if they don't keep it up. You know, it's an interesting thing. There's a sweet spot. They've come up with this, this moment. And I think it's in your, I want to say, and again, I'm probably slightly wrong here on the exact age, but somewhere between, I think 12 and 15, um, you know, in that window of time, everything you're doing is cemented in your mind for the rest of your lives. So you think about all these people that could do like, say, Rubik's Cubes really quickly and all this sort of shit. They kind of, you know, when you're sitting around in your room and you're in that age, and you're just fucking doing this shit over and over again. You're like learning all these crazy, stupid things. You're playing video games. You're doing whatever you're doing with your life. I, was saying, I don't know what you were doing playing freaking Rubik's Cube. I was doing but something you know a what I mean? more exploratory with my body. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. But I guess, you know, you can't master jerking off, right? Like, you know, that's a forever game, right? You're going to keep That'd going be an forever. epic title, the master jerker. <laughs> the master jerker, the master masturbator. Oh, uh, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, but I guess the point is that window of time where you're doing all these stupid tricks, like, you know, even like skateboarding or whatever it is you're doing with your life, that shit you can come back to when you're older and just do it again because it's cemented in your mind and there's a sweet spot window and in, in children. But the other side of it is when things really just kind of not drop off, but things become very specific and pointed and you go down more of a very specific focused path. Um, so yeah, well, it's, it's, I consider thing. everything kind of like a muscle in a way, because I used to skateboard all the time. I mean, till I was like 17 years old and I got a car and just kind of stopped doing it. You know, other things yeah. took hold and I went back to it recently and I was skateboarding. I was fell off like six times. I was like, how did I used to do this so well? And right. now I can't, it's like, right. when you don't practice something, it becomes just, it just fades away, but you can tell it's still there. It just, yeah. it's really hard to capture it again. 
Like yeah. What fascinates me with my with the human mind is the fact that I like to think of it like a bunch of little, like, you know how our synapses, kind of electricity and all that, I like to think of our brain as like a global thing. Like, imagine if the earth was our brain, okay? Yeah, so yeah. you have all these, let's say all the little synapses would be uh, telephone, electricity, all those different frequencies that are mm-hmm. going off from the planet, okay? So they're all connected into one. So it all just kind of molds us all in there. It's called yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a global brain theory. I'm like it's a cool concept because if you start thinking the world is your brain and you know it's all these like just amazing things in there that we still don't have to like you know we barely understand. There's so many fascinating things about it. I mean the fact that I can hit my head a certain way and they get a foreign accent. Yeah, yeah. Where did that? Where does that come from? Exactly. <laughs> where does that shit even come from? And they can't fucking answer it, man. Nobody can answer that shit. No you one. Know, There's you know nobody. they just successfully did brain transplant surgery in China. Yeah, yeah. isn't yeah, that? Yeah, I did even... That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous because everyone says like I heard um, Ryan Sickler. He said that um, his doctor gave him the best explanation on a spirit where the spirit is. He goes, most people associate the spirit with the chest. He believes mm-hmm. it's in your brain because you can take anything out of your chest like surgery wise and replace it and you're still you. But if I touch your brain, yeah, I I can change you forever. You might, you'll never be the same person. Yeah, no, no. I agree with that heavily. Yeah. I I, think that um, this is like, it's like, I got this thing, this, this joke, this sort of running thing I I give people just to do conversation. And I, and I say that um, when I'm 65, I've asked my oldest child to kill me uh, and put me down. I'm done. Right. You know, and, uh, and everybody freaks out. Why you can't do that? Well, Well, you know, and I'm like, Hey, no, no. Hey, if at 65, you know, I turn into any form, uh, any version of myself that's less than what I am now, I don't want to be around. And if I'm 85 and I'm a fucking vegetable, what the fuck am I here for? You know, I should be here in my prime and I should be out, you know, and, and, um, and if my influence hasn't done what it's supposed to do on my family and my, and my children and the people around me, then I've failed, right? You know, because my, my mind and what I do and how I put, you know, my effort in should affect, you know, the people appropriately. You know, and if I'm not that myself, then I shouldn't be here. You know, it's like you saw something on in a movie where it was like the person was, you know, just basically a vegetable. And and I just looked at my wife and I just said, if that's me, me take me out. She's like, I can't do that. I said, we'll figure it out. But I do not want to be around and not be this. That's what freaks me out about coma patients. Um, when I yeah. see a person in a coma, I'm like, do they feel what's going on around them? And they're just kind of like in body lock. Like, imagine like one of them's like, there's a fucking itch on my foot. Could you please get it? And you just walk over and I like, start scratching it. And like in his dream, he's like, oh, thank God. I've been, that's been like that for six yeah. years. You know, <laughs> yeah, that would be fucked. Number one, like how fucked would that be a six year itch? <laughs> Dude, imagine that. Like you, you can't, you can't, you literally can't scratch it. That's yeah. the saddest thing. And yeah. I hear like, what, what fascinates me about the mind is are the way that people think, like personality trait differences, all these types of things that we kind of develop, like, especially with mental health, like, you know, bipolar disorder, how there's like a switch and go on and off. You know, that movie 50 yeah. first dates. Yeah. 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 10 second Tom. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, like, he has synapses in his brain from an accident that got disconnected. So now he yeah. can't remember a past a certain limit. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's ridiculous. And we yeah. want to go and explore Mars? How about we fucking look at the closest thing to us, and that's our brain? Why is it now that we're figuring out what CTE is? The fact that a football player, they're basically mental age by the age of, like, 30 if they've been playing for five or six years it's like 75 their brain is all swollen and beat the shit like we never even totally looked at that like if you think of your brain it's in a car okay no seat belts no airbags so when it when you slam on the brakes what happens it goes straight into the front of the windshield and then bounces right back and just sits there and rocks inside of your dome have you ever been Mm. hit so hard you had to sit there for a minute and hold your head like oh shit i just got my bell rung Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Those, and that shit damages you long term. You know, it's like a, I play ice hockey, right? And so, oh, yeah. So I've been. I did. Um. I did. I don't play a contact anymore. But people are like, oh, well, you don't get. You know, you're not. You're not playing full contact. And I'm like, no. But I'm still potentially. I could get a concussion playing hockey. Still. They're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, if 
I bump into somebody and I hit the ground hard, my head still whacks, right? My, it's just the shaking of the brain that causes a concussion, not a massive impact, right? So like you can, you can get, you can bump into somebody, you can get hit into the boards just because your neck whips, you can get a concussion from that, right? Concussion is not a impact to the head. It's a, it's a uh, impact of brain to skull inside, right? And so people just don't understand what stuff like this is. So then they speak out of school and they try to like tell you what it is. And you're like, that's not even how it works. Right. And so this goes back to everything, right? What we're talking about now, you know, the, the media, the way in which things play out, it's, you know, they, they tell you one way people just latch onto the first thing that they see. They go, that's the way everything is. Now I believe it. That's my bias. I'm going to go forth and tell the world that's the way my shit is. If it comes up, you know, if you don't actually go and learn anything anymore, it's like people get out of high school or they don't go to uni or they get out of uni. Like I've done all my learning. I'm done. I don't need to learn anything any, anymore. I'm just going to, as soon as I see it, that's what I'm going to say my life is, right? So yeah, I, I find it interesting that um, we're only just getting to this, but it also makes sense that we're only just learning the realities of some of these things because, you know, <laughs> people create a context for it one way and they roll with that shit forever, you know? Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, I had a thing, man. I thought Michael Jordan was Magic Johnson, that he had AIDS. I thought that was him. Oh, and- right. For 21 years, I've been thinking Michael Jordan has AIDS, and someone told me recently that he doesn't. And yeah. I was like, well, I've been thinking 21 years that Michael Jordan has AIDS. Michael Jordan's the one with AIDS, not Magic Johnson. They're like, you're just going to sit there and lie? I'm like, I've lived a lie for 21 years. I'm, I'm stuck in my ways now. There's no way yeah, to fix yeah. it. Yeah, no, this is it. And I'm going to continue to roll with this because it's going to take me a long time to unwind. <laughs> it's going to yeah, take me another 20 years to work good. this out. Well, it's like you learn something and then you get it right for so long and they find out like that's not the proper way to do it. And you're like, but this is how I've always done it. And it's like, well, yeah. now you got to unlearn it. You're like, you know how long that's going to take? I might as well just keep on doing it the same way. Yeah, well, it's possible, but it's also possible to just say, fuck it. I got to figure this shit out. You know what I mean? I got I to get on. I got to get on with like adjustments. Um, you know, but I think that there's uh that's the mind again, you know, you wire it up and that sucker rolls with it for a long time. Dude, I witnessed, you know, I've, I've witnessed this girl that was playing volleyball in gym and she went to go spike the ball and she slipped backwards on the Ooh. gym floor and banged her head right on the ground. Ooh. And I mean, it was the loudest, like, like yeah. pop where everyone in the gym got quiet. Like people that were doing like just walking around outside, like they turned around and looked inside where the doors were open. And it was the scariest fucking thing, dude, because she just lied there and then got up real fast and then she just fell right back down. All the blood rushed straight to her head. I was like, yo, like it was scary to watch. And she was out for a while. She had like a severe concussion. I'm like, I've been lucky in my life. The fact that I have a hard ass head on the concept of I've been ice skating and I fell and I hit my head yeah. really fucking hard on the ice. And just like, it sounded like I cracked it and came back yeah. up and I was just checking for blood. I was like, am I good? Am I good? Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. You know, yeah, man, it's crazy. You see it's like, crazy. People look at our like our our bodies as like these invincible machines, and so you start getting older, and you realize that's not what they are. But they worry about more of the internal things. So I'm like, you know, we're just giant bags of blood, basically, right? Like, you know, the fact that we're able to walk around and just not all these organs and things spill out onto the floor, like that's oh, a yeah. fascination about the human body. But people look at it like, oh, humans are terrible. They always have this selfish intent. I'm like, actually, we have something deep in our genetic coding, especially like deep thought processing like when it comes to critical thinking when it comes Mm. to if i hit my head really fucking hard my brain will go into severe shock mode where it's like all right hang on we're in critical mode right now we need to figure out what's going on around us we need to be aware of everything we need to get us out of this situation and then work on repairing that is like your brain is like it's like a a fucking computer you pulling up task manager and it's showing you like we got the primal instincts we got everything just listed Oh yeah. It, it'll start pulling blood to your head. Right. So the whole thing, it'll, it'll start shutting down and rerouting all of your systems to protect the brain. It's like when you get in really cold water, right. And like your chest seizes because all the blood's rushing to the central point of your body from your extremities in order to protect your major organs. And the body is an insane machine, right? I, I still, I still find it completely fascinating that we're able to operate, um, you know, on a regular basis. You know, like, like you think about if you just really stop for a second and think about like how breathing works, right? Like how that whole concept of just sitting here and staying alive because I take in air, you know, oxygen, pop out the CO2, like this is insane. 
right? You know, like the I'm only just... time I've ever been able to think about that ex exact example about breathing was when I was super stoned, and then I ended up yeah. forgetting about how to breathe, and I sit in there like. <gasps> Like going yeah. like that, like that's what happens. You get into a deep thought process, but we totally yeah. go over that. But like, why is it that drugs help you get into that process? That like a deeper connection, not only with yourself, but like with things around you. Like colors are yeah. more vibrant, you know. Like textures, taste, they all they it helps you moderate a little bit too. Like, but it helps you soak in all the information around you. You know, like too many times everybody's living on this like autopilot zone, whether mm -hmm. it's in conversations, but in life, like, you know, if their foot hurts, they just get over it. Like they just move on past it and totally completely ignore it. It's like, why is it hurting though? Is it because you have a rock in your shoe or are you just going to yeah. sit there and deal with the uncomfortability of it? Like, or are you just mm -hmm. going to take the time to actually dump it out? Yeah, no, no, I agree. And I, and I think it's interesting that, you know, when you can slow everything down enough and, and you really take take the time to look at what's happening. You can, you can actually perceive things in a very different light. Um, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying about the drug thing, you know, and I've been, when I was younger, I've definitely been in those positions. Um, but now even, you know, I can, I can slow things down quite heavily and really get into the detail and the minutia and the mud of, you know, what is happening, you know, like what is really going on, but what it takes is it, it takes, clearing your mind away from the noise and focusing it on the thing that needs to be seen. Right. So, you know, I, I spent a lot of time just, you know, looking at the world around me and, you know, taking in say, I just want to look at green today. You know, all I care about is taking in as many colors and many shades of green as possible for the next um, half hour, 45 minutes as I'm I now know that I'll be available to do so. And in that, in doing that, I can shut out all the other noises. I can just focus on the one thing and that the, the ability to then kind of expand that capability and control it, you know, becomes a thing where you're like, it's just like this sort of clarity of like, no, it is true. You know, you can look at a tree, man. If you really look at a tree, you can, you just see the shape, you kind of see the branch, you kind of see the leaves, whatever. Right. But if you really dig into a tree, there's a lot of shit going on in a tree. Right. But it takes stopping and choosing to kind of really take it in and go after it to really kind of break it down into the hundreds of pieces that you can find in it, right? But you have to be willing to stop and do it. And when you're on drugs and, you know, and you have that because you are basically single tasking to the ultimate level, right? And Timothy Leary would, you know, like the guy that invented LSD, the guy, um, the guy was all about you know, breaking shit down like this, single streaming, single tasking, really just kind of trying to figure out how to, you know, create pathways that allow you to see things in a clear state. Um, that's what that guy was, you know, what I understand what he was really kind of fundamentally at a high level trying to do. I mean, obviously, you know, he was doing, you know, some, some interesting things for the time, but you know, it's about clearing pathways and I think we can, um, but you know, it's noisy as fuck out there, man. You know, it's hard to do that. You know, it's very easy to be distracted. Even if you're good at managing it, it's very easy to be distracted by another blip, another thing, or another, you know, noise that happens, right? You have to be willing to, you know, get after, you know, singular thinking and try to, you know, kind of just look at the stuff that you want to look at, you know, it's a choice. I you know, think it's probably. also like when you walk into a grocery store now, have you seen the advertisements that are literally shoving it right into your face? Like they have giant yeah. screens going off constantly and now we completely ignore it. The other day I decided to leave my phone into the, you know, I try and do this a lot, leave my phone in the car when I go somewhere, you know, go out yeah, with yeah. friends or something. I'm walking around. Yeah. I'm like, dude, they have a giant flat screen TV right here. Like a giant projection basically showing us advertisements of Coke right now. And he's like, he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you not see this around us? Like this, this whole world has been monetized to get our attention and we're completely oblivious of it. Yeah. Well, we're passively taking it in, right? So even if you don't notice it, it's still pervasively getting through somehow into your psyche, right? So you, you may not actively know it's getting in through, through to it. But even grocery store shelves are marketing, right? So, you know, like you go to, go to buy, go buy some spaghetti, man. Right, like, if, if, what's the last time you bought like you know a bag uh, a bag of spaghetti? It's like fucking sixty fucking bags of different sizes and different brands of spaghetti. Like, when did it need to be diversified that much that we now have to compete at a granular level over spaghetti? It's the same thing with pasta. Like, they have the ones that you can the whistle ones you can blow yeah, into. Yeah. They got the spinny ones. I'm like, it's just another person just trying to get more money out of something. I'm like, I know, but when did that need to happen? 
you know, like well, we, live in a, we live in a marketed world, man. And the fact that now when people just go to the grocery store, they honestly just spend half the time looking at their phone to where that 20 minute trip is taking two and a half hours. You yeah. know, it seems like people look, go to the grocery store just to get out of the house. Like that's the only thing they yeah. can go and experience anymore. Like I wasn't super lazy today. I just went to the grocery store. It's like, well, you were there. What? How long was it? I ended up being there for like six hours. And I'm like, what were you doing? <laughs> I was walking around playing Pokemon Go. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Of course, yeah. Pokemon Go. Get me a life. <laughs> that was a scary one when it came out, man. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. But it was really freaky because immediately people took it in the wrong way and they started driving and they had to warn you later. Like they had to do an update, like not even like five days later. Do not drive while playing this game because more people are like, I don't care about someone else's loved ones. I want to catch me a squirtle and they're just fucking rolling it while they're driving. And everybody in my family is going to get in the car while I, you know, literally endanger their lives because we're all going to catch that fucking squirtle together. Get your phones out, kids. We're getting that squirtle. It's a family affair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did the family affair with my children, uh, but we walked, you know, we walked and we went to places and we sat there and, and stayed in like a park. Um, you know, but there would be times where, you know, we were in between going from one venue to the next, we had 30 minutes, we'd go park at a park and then go do some uh, Pokemon go stuff. But, um, that was years ago and I've not gotten back into the Pokemon go. I, I can't see myself doing it again. This is like the type of stuff that fascinates me. Like the human mind can get so addicted to something, but also what also is really cool is how our memories also linked with our smell. Yeah. Like the fact that you can walk into a grocery store, smell something and bring you back to a certain time in your head. Like people talk about like, Oh, you must have a really good memory. I'm like, I think we all do, but I think some people have a stronger access to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. It's it's crazy because like it's it's literally a movie in your head. Like you remember, like it's like watching a movie. Like you see, it's like it, it's right in front of your eyes. Like if someone was putting a screen up to your eyes and playing it, but only you see it. Nobody else does. Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. I think that it's an interesting like recall. Like uh, and and sometimes shit will hit you like a ton of bricks, right? And you're like, oh shit! I mean, you like like those are my favorite memories where you're like you had to completely forgot about it didn't even, couldn't remember it. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh my God, there's that time. And then you have a full recall, go through all the detail of it. You can get right back into it and see the whole thing again. I mean, that's, that is that, I mean, that, that's fun. Like, I like that. Uh, that certain, yeah. Certain synapse like reconnects, you're yeah. like, oh shit. Yeah. Like it just highlights it. I'm like, oh, well, I just remembered when I was four years old before the world was dark and I was eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich oh. on the couch. Like those simple ass moments. I'm like, those I love getting those randomly throughout the day. I'll roll my window down, smell like a nice campfire and it'll bring me back to when I was a kid and had campfires all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, like, whoa, like it's like, it it honestly could bring a tear to your eye, man. Yeah. Oh, but the emotions come through, right? Like you could even be laughing about shit. That was a joke at the time. You could still find it funny. You know what I mean? Like the brain can just kick in and give you, give it back to you. Which is, I think that this is the thing, right? Like mental health. So, so one of the big reasons mental health is such a big deal to me is my dad, he's a Vietnam vet. He's got PTSD. So, you know, my childhood was full of somebody that didn't know they had a problem and, you know, a big mental thing. And it wasn't until I was, you know, I moved to Australia that he called me up to say, hey, I got this, this big thing. He called me this guy that I find to be, you know, I would put, it's not this pedestal, but he's probably one of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my life, you know, consistently. Um, you know, and he was, you know, he was a brick, you know, we, we had fallen out, like it was a real tough time, but you know, we kind of came back, you know, later in life and worked it out. But you know, all of a sudden this guy calls me up and he's stuttering on the phone. He can't even put together a sentence, you know, he's just like, and he literally just came out of a mental hospital and all this shit. And he's just telling me, look, like, you know, I've got this PTSD, um, from Vietnam, you know, like I didn't even think like he, he literally thought he didn't go to Vietnam. Like his brain had like wiped it out and the memories he thought he had weren't real like that he didn't even go there even though when i was a kid he had a bag of like army clothes that we wore on halloween once and it just fucked him up i remember like my stepmom at the time saying hey you know you guys probably shouldn't have got those out it was like in a closet we found you know and we were just like you know we chucked him on we're like oh halloween we get to be army people and it just messed him up and this is like so i kind of had this whole thing where i never understood why my dad was such a fucking asshole my whole life and then all of a sudden it made complete and utter sense and then you're like well, mental health is such a big deal, you know, because like, you know, sometimes shit is completely out of your control. And I can't, I, like, I empathize with my dad. He's told me many stories about his existence and what he did over there. And like, I can't even imagine, I, I can imagine what it's like. I can imagine what I would choose to do, but I can't imagine doing it because 
it's insane to think to actually really place yourself inside of that situation to go, all right, you know, I'm on the side of a hill, literally have a mound that's just bigger than the height of my head on my back. I'm out of bullets and I've got guys firing within inches of my head and I'm pinned. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? You know, and these are like concepts that I don't think any human can actually comprehend and understand. You have to have lived it to know it. And, you know, my dad's gone through that and all the other shit that he went through. And like, it's like that shit fucked him up. All the shit that he saw when he was over there fucked him up so badly. Mental scarring. Yeah. It's scarring, man. And his brain and the way he sees the world, like, you know, his analogies to me are just mind fucking the just blow my mind, but, but are so sensical as well for somebody who's trying to grapple with what he's got. You know, like he, he says shit to me, like he'll say stuff to me and on the out on the, on the initial first pass, you're just like, what the fuck did he just say? But then you're like, Oh my God, that makes total sense. It's like, he said to me one day, he goes, he goes, Oh, you know, I said, I can't go and check my mail without, you know, taking my gun with me. You know, I'm like, what? I'm like, you can't leave your house without your gun. I'm like, I didn't really say it back to him, but I was like, in my mind, I'm like, you have to take your gun to walk like 20 feet out to your mailbox or like and get your mail. But then he kind of goes, and I think he, he, he's kind of the person who's aware of it. And he goes, it's because, you know, I don't know if at any point in time, the aliens are going to come, you know, like this idea of like aliens is like an analogy for like bad things could happen. And I want to deal with it. So it's easier for me to have it with me because it calms me down so that I can at least get there and get back in my house. It's a, safe, just like, it's a safe mechanism. It's, 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 but it's insane, right? It's well, it, it's not really super insane. Like, you know, what is crazy is the fact that like there, there are people that talk about like, oh, you go to war, you go to all this stuff because you enjoy killing. A lot of people don't know anything else on the concept of they're just not keen to the sensitivity around them. Like Joe Rogan talks about it when it comes to fighters, like the fighters that get nervous before a fight are smarter than the ones that don't because they're aware of the problems that they could face. They realize they can yeah. get knocked out. They realize they could be a certain head trauma. They get scared. They get nervous, but they overcome it. Yeah, See, yeah. The, the same thing with war. A lot of people just don't understand what's going on. They're just in the fight and they're, they're feeling all the senses around them and they're not connected to it. They're just null to it all. You know, it gets hard, especially the high relative possibility that you're going to get PTSD when you experience something in war is on the concept of you're actually in tune to what's going on around you. You're more in the moment, you know, when a gun fires off at you, that's not something that like, that's, that makes your ears ring. That makes everything around you. Like you're, uh, Oh shit, shit just went down. Like Mm -hmm. I've talked to, uh, you know, people that are lieutenants that go and sit there and and they just sit on a 50 cal cannon and just sit there and fire off the whole day. He shows me videos. He goes to my gym. I'm like, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, dude, it's so simple. All I gotta do is point and shoot. I'm like, well, you're a smart guy. And he goes, yeah. He goes, trust me. It's a hell of a lot different doing that than when you're in the shit. You see these kids running out there and they're just going out there and they don't know what an actual bullet getting hit right beside you is. Like Mm. then they get woken up in that moment. You get to see it. That's when people freeze up. You know, they have a testing thing they do um, when they, when they have to throw a grenade. Back in the day, they used to use live grenades. They used to hand you a live grenade and you had to sit there and convince the person to throw it because half the time the people would just sit there after they pulled the pin and hold it. My yeah, grandfather yeah. had stories about this when he fought yeah. in Vietnam. He was like, wow. it was some scary shit because then the drill sergeant had to come over and put the pin back into the grenade and it, everybody yeah. was freaking out because even when you let go of it, you still think, hold on a second. Is that, is it still going? Is it still good? Yeah. Like what's going on? And he talked about, it. he goes, you never know what you're going to do in the moment until it happens. You can sit there and talk about running into a fire and helping people, but acting in that moment is completely different, you know? Mm-hmm. And I heard that and I was like, it's, it's true about people. We, we don't, we say a lot of shit and we know we won't ever do it, but we hope that it never happens. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. we talked about insurance in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if a fire happens, you don't want it to happen, but you want to be prepared for it. But so many people will offer you advice, like on the concept, like, Hey, you need a ride. I'll come pick you up later. And then it's like, okay. And the person texts you, Oh, I really wasn't expecting you to uh, text me saying you needed a ride. I was kind of just offering it to you. So I look (laughs) like a good guy and you're like, what is going on? A hundred percent bad. Yeah. So like I I have like this whole thing where I don't offer things unless I'm gonna do them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'll say sorry. I'll I'll lead with sorry. I can't help you. Like I'm so happy to say no to people, and it's it's a it's a muscle I've developed over my life, and, and to the point where people that know me go, you know, like oh you're really good at 
you know, like saying no to people. And I'm like, but, but they said, but they don't even know you're saying no to them when you're saying it. I said, well, I'm not trying to be mean, but like, it's better to be honest and just say, I'm not going to help you. <laughs> you know, well, like it's better I have than given like false pretensions that you're going to exactly. help somebody and then bail yeah. out last minute. Yeah. But being nice is actually telling someone the truth, right? Being nice and lying is bullshit. You know, that's, that's false pretense. Exactly what he's saying. And it's just, it's crap. We live in this world where it's like, it's easier to say, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll help you out, you know, and then fucking bailing, you know, it's a weird ass system, man. It's like, yeah, if you tell someone they look like shit and something, and some type of clothing they're wearing, like, can I get your honest opinion about this? That looks terrible. It's like, well, why would you say that? Oh my, and it turns into a flight. You're like, you wanted my honest opinion. Am I going to tell you, you don't look like shit. And then you walk out in the public looking yeah. like shit. No, it's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah, I often respond with, uh, do you want my truth or do you want your truth? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which are you looking for, man? Because I'll give you one of the two. Which one do you want? And then they pick A or B, right? You pick the door. And I'm like, you want mine? All right, it looks like shit. They're like, oh. And I'm like, hey, you wanted mine. I said, you should ask for yours because I'd have told you you look good. Honestly, you know? it's, it just takes time. It, it's so much easier to be a real person and people yeah. don't choose to do that. They choose live this two-faced personality, like a fake persona. When they ask yeah. you about your day, they don't actually give a shit. It's like, then don't yeah. ask. You know, if you don't want someone to answer and give you that back, and you don't want to sit there and listen to them. It's the same people that when they walk, they're walking past you and they're like, oh, hey, how's it going? How's your day going? And you're just like about to answer and they just keep on walking. You're like, well, yeah. fuck you. I won't even respond to you. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm just walking right past you like, hey, I said, how's it going? I'm like, nah, you're not going to sit there and talk. You're, so it's like, why am I going to sit there and try and give you a one quick response? Like, it doesn't make yeah. sense. It's like, the, the, let's just walk past each other. Yeah. Didn't have to engage. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Well, Joe, yeah, it's interesting. It's it's been awesome having you on the podcast, man. Seriously. Yeah, man. This has been cool, dude. It's been cool to just chat and talk about I'm some good shit. Glad some people think the same thing about the world. The fact that we're all kind of batshit crazy in the way we act. I think that's exactly right, man. I my my whole philosophy is is that all humans suck. They you know we dude, all suck. Hold on a second. I'm about to I'm about to finish your philosophy. All so, humans suck, but we have an aspiration to become great. Yes, that is part of it. But mine, all humans suck, has to do with and but the reason we all suck is because we all carry little bags of shit around, you know. And some people just have small bags, and some people need Sherpas to carry all their shit around with them, right? So yeah, there's a varying degree of it, and I think the people with less, to your point are aspiring to be better and do more. Uh, the people that are carrying a lot of shit around, they've hired, they've hired Sherpa to carry their shit around. They're fucking hard to deal with, man. Those people are the tough ones. And uh, you got to find those people. I, I always said that, um, you know, like all, everybody sucks. You know, I suck, you suck. It's only on the concept of we choose to be comfortable. But when we rise above that and do something we want to do and do something that betters our own lives and also not hurting anybody else, that's where we see the passion that becomes great. When someone starts talking about something they're super interested in, you see that our eyes light up and you're like, whoa, what did I just unlock? Like, it's like opening up a Christmas present and a fucking puppy jumps out. You're like, oh shit, it's too much. Yeah. But it's, Leveling up, man. it's cool to see that. And that's mm. what I think most people need to aspire to not push down their creativity, but, you know, make it grow. Yeah. And say your shit, man, get it out, you know, put your shit out there because it's important, man. We don't, we can live in a world of failures. You, you don't have to hold in what you think is some, you know, which is good or bad. You know, you're not an imposter, right? Everybody feels like they're not good enough. You're not alone in that thinking put your shit out there, get it done. If you think you've got something, put it out there, be safe. You know, you said something earlier about, you know, like that, that, um, that sort of, uh, you know, telling, talking to your family and talking to your friends and all that sort of stuff kind of gives you that psychological hug, you know, like get your shit out to the people you can trust, start talking to them about what you believe in. You know, I think that's important, man. We should all be connecting to each other in our smaller circles. It doesn't have to be in the big circle, just the small one that you've got, you know, comfort in and find comfort. It's good, well, man. Joe, I want to give you a couple of minutes here at the end to be able to promote your podcast and where people oh, yeah, can find cool. your awesome content. Cool. So my podcast is called Unplug Yourself. It's a play on words around just unplugging who you are as a person. It's about kind of unplugging from the uh, diarrhea social machine that uh, fit in your life. Uh, it's about kind of stopping and uh, you know paying attention to the things that are directly in front of you rather than things you're curating in order to feel better about who you are. 
Um, and that really centers around, you know, thinking about your emotional intelligence, your self awareness, um, you know, having strong mindset and looking at sort of your mindfulness to battle your internal self-talk engine to, you know, just kind of step it up and figure out how you can get where you want to go with your life. You know, we all want to do something, but sometimes you're your own worst enemy and, you know, and, and getting that shit out is important and talking to people is important. And also, you know, some of the things that I'm learning now through the podcast is just, just reaching out to other people uh, is enough to unlock a lot of shit. So, you know, we all have a job and, you know, that is to, you know, better the people that you can and, and be around the people that, you know, make you better too. So yeah, mine, mine is an interview format to just, you know, have a chat with people, talk about this stuff so that you have a bigger conversation around, you know, kind of like, well, that's kind of like me or that's kind of my shit. So you can figure out a way to kind of deal with it or, or at least talk about it or, you know, at least just kind of internally admit, maybe I'm a fucking piece of shit that needs to fix some stuff up, you know, which I think is important because, you know, I got my flaws, I got my shit that I deal with and I'm constantly evolving. Um, you know, it just doesn't change. So yeah, I just wanted to start interviewing and chatting with people and talking that shit out. So yeah, unplug yourself on all of the things. All social media and also from that machine, if you're a vegetable. Yes. 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 That's a good concept. Yeah. I like it. Amen. Thanks so much for being on, Joe.